In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. When Christians use the word Advent, we're looking forward to what is coming. Advent literally means to come. So what is coming? Well, according to John the Baptist, it's not going to be pretty. But we are looking forward to the birth of Jesus. John the Baptist and most who came out to hear him were looking forward to the wrath of God. John the Baptist is a key figure of Advent in the New Testament, but he was actually more a prophet of the Old Testament than the New. He drew great crowds that came out to be baptized for he preached what the people already agreed with and expected, the coming wrath of God. It made perfect sense to them that God's wrath should be coming. After all, wasn't God the great judge of the universe? And wasn't the reason Israel was oppressed and under military occupation because so many of the Jewish people had turned away from God. And therefore, weren't the unfaithful and sinners in Israel standing in the need of judgment? Wasn't judgment required? And wasn't the Messiah coming to condemn and destroy the unfruitful people, cut them off at the roots, and burn them up in the fire of his wrath. Judgment was coming. Everybody knew that. But then Jesus came, saying things like, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Or, truly, truly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me he does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. I, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now we notice that Jesus and John the Baptist often use the same words, but sometimes they mean the same or close to the same, and sometimes not. What John was hoping for was the purification of Israel. He preached that this would occur by judgment, followed then by the destruction of the unfaithful among Israel. Then Israel would be pure. This has long been the Old Testament prophetic solution to sin. Jesus, on the other hand, invited all to come to him. Oh, come, all ye faithful and unfaithful. He said he came to call sinners to return to God. 
and he hoped for their restoration to spiritual and moral health. He went into their homes and shared meals with them. He entered into their lives. This is not purification. This is new life. This was not the elimination of sinners from among God's people. Rather, as it has turned out, it was the reason for the surprising transformation of all sorts and conditions of people to become lovers of God and lovers of man. When Jesus returned from the wilderness, from personally confronting Satan, he came preaching, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news of the gospel. Now, this is the same good news announced by the angel to the shepherds on the night of Jesus' birth. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is proclaiming this good news. And and he asks us to believe in this good news. If the gospel were easy to believe, Jesus wouldn't have to ask us. We would just easily believe it. But he specifically calls us to look at life straight on and despite appearances, to hope and trust in his perspective. Because how Jesus sees things turns most of our religious beliefs upside down. And all that has seemed so obvious to us is challenged by this hard-to-believe gospel. The last shall be first, and the first last. That doesn't make sense. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are hungry. Ask them. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are those that mourn. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Lazarus, the beggar, sitting at the heavenly head table with Father Abraham. This is hard to believe. The church spends its whole worship year working to help us respond to these hard-to-believe things from Jesus. And then, like we're doing right now, after a year, we start all over again. Take... Take, for example, God. God who we, who we intuitively regard as a disapproving judge. That's what we think about him. Down in our gut, we tend to be afraid of him. God, according to Jesus, is actually a loving and forgiving father 
a father we can admire, not fear, a good father, a gracious father, better than any earthly father, a father who helps us work our way through life, through our lives. It's hard to believe that God is really that good and actually cares about us. Jesus says he's unimaginably good. And he says, believe what I'm telling you. Again, it's hard to square this good news up with the state of the world in which we live and move and have our being. In our time, an unimaginably high standard of living for some and, and utter misery for many others. Almost from the beginning, this world has seemed to be dominated by darkness. Good people get mistreated. Evil people rise to success. Bad things happen to good people. Big people trample on little people. And this is true not only on a communal or tribal or national level and now on a global level, but most assuredly on a personal level. If we will look we will see our own moral failures, our own sins. They are always before us. But most of the time, we look away from them. We have a dog named Buddy. And in many ways, Buddy is a morally sound dog. <laughs> he, he comes when we call him. He sits. He stays. He will lie down on the second or third command. <laughs> he is a nice dog. But he has an addiction to socks. And handkerchiefs and napkins. He, he doesn't tear them up. He swallows them whole. <laughs> and, and as you might guess, these are not good for him. But, but, but if he discovers one, his morals go right out the window. <laughs> and to make it worse, to support his habit, he's now entered into a life of crime, he's become adept at picking my pocket. He did it while I was preparing this sermon. <laughs> now, if we come upon him in the act of consuming what he's gotten hold of, we, of course, try to get it out of his mouth. It's like trying to pull open a bear trap. He is deeply committed to his sin. And if we do keep him from swallowing it whole, we throw the soggy mess on the floor in front of him. And we say, no, buddy, no. 
and he looks away. <laughs> we move him around, and he still looks away. He won't look at the evidence. And it works for him. And it works for us. Looking away. But it doesn't work well. We look away from the sins we commit and the good we've left undone. We look away from the sin and the darkness of the world in which we live and move and have our being a world we're comfortable in, but a culture which trains us to look away. And as Christians, we look away because it's so hard to really look at it. It's so hard to believe that the realities of sin and sorrow and sadness and despair can somehow be impacted by goodness that somehow involves us. But Jesus says to his followers, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. That's a difficult gospel to believe. And Jesus then says to those who don't follow him, you got God all wrong. You think you know him, but you don't know him. He's not against you. He's for you. He's not out to punish you. You're punishing yourself, and he wants to help you. He wants you to know that with his help, you can get this life right. But it will take his help. And Jesus also says clearly, it will take my help also. So come to me, and I will refresh you. When Jesus shared his experience and thoughts about God, the religious leaders of his time were offended. The gospel today, no one received his testimony. When broken people came to Jesus and he forgave their sins, the Jewish religious leaders were scandalized. No one can forgive sins but God alone. Who does he think he is? Some kind of partner with God? Well, yes, that's exactly what he thought. And the good news is we too are invited to partner with God. The good news is that God will do for you, if you want it, what he did for Jesus at the Jordan River. He will fill you again and again with his Holy Spirit, and his goodness will flow into you. The only thing is, you have to let it flow out to others by simple, simple things, simple kindness, Good works by helping those who need help, paying attention to people. Jesus did not look away. He looked right at people, saw their sins, and forgave them.
Often forgiveness may require repentance, looking at our own faults and failures and those of others, but looking at them as they actually are, not looking away from them. The central act on the cross was forgiveness. And as we forgive, we will be forgiven. As we forgive, we will be forgiven. Jesus said that. And as we forgive, we ourselves will become good news. If we receive his goodness and pour it out on others, he will fill us up again. This is the Christian life. God's goodness flowing into us and God's goodness flowing out to others. That's how people are meant to live. And living life like this heals us from the inside out and brings healing to those around us from the outside in. This is the non-self-centered good news of the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, believe in it and trust in me. And trusting in Jesus was exactly what John the Baptist himself was doing when he said in today's gospel, he must increase and I must decrease. The new year for the church has begun and we are once again beginning to hear the first proclamations of the gospel. Perhaps we found it too hard for us to deeply believe thus far. It takes time. But this is a new year. We have a new opportunity. The time is now. Advent is about what is coming. How God, in a hard-to-believe way, is actually entering our world and wanting to live life with us. The good news is coming. The headline is one word, Emmanuel. God with us. So, the Lord be with you. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us, and as we are sorely hindered by our sins from running the race that is set before us, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Amen.